Welcome to the AMR Studio, a podcast dedicated to the multidisciplinary research on antimicrobial resistance, hosted by the Uppsala Antibiotic Center. I'm Jenny Jagman. I'm Eva Garmendia. And I'm Po Ching Tang. Hi, everyone. Welcome one more month to the AMR Studio. This month, actually, we're bringing to you something a little bit different and a little bit special because last December, right before the holidays, the Uppsala Antibiotic Center was actually part of a very cool and rather unique event in Stockholm, a hackathon on antimicrobial resistance by the name of Hacking AMR 2019. This hackathon was a JPI-AMR coordinated activity within the frame of their virtual research institute. And apart from us, the event was also co-organized by the Swedish Research Council, the Canadian Institutes of Health Research, and the Research Council of Norway. This hackathon was led by two experienced facilitators from the Hacking Health Foundation, a group that works organizing events that foster inclusive innovation to solve real-world health problems. Probably many of you at home have never come across the word hackathon and don't know what it is. Let's allow Nick Piperno, one of the facilitators at Hacking Health, tell us what a hackathon is. So a hackathon is essentially a competition. It's a giant collaboration competition where we bring individuals from different walks of life. So usually we have the subject matter expert that knows the theme, knows the challenge that needs to be tackled, but can't do it on their own. And so they need to pull the expertise from people like designers, developers, entrepreneurs, business people, And they all come together, form groups, and they have a challenge that they need to complete within a weekend. And at the end of that weekend, they have to show and demonstrate in front of a panel of judges what they've created throughout that weekend. Traditionally, these hackathons have actually been focused on very digital areas like software development, informatics, or data science. But more and more, we're seeing that this hackathon approach is taken in other areas, like in this case, finding digital solutions to the AMR problem. Also, this hackathon was actually quite unique in its nature compared to others that Hacking Health had worked with before. John Gregory, the other facilitator from Hacking Health, tells us why. JPIMR were very courageous in uh, going down the route of a hackathon and applying it to antimicrobial resistance. I think what is particularly different for us is that this is kind of one of the unique hackathons in terms of trying to bring people together across the world. Often they're much more localized. So yeah, this presented some unique challenges. I think firstly in the fact that often two weeks, four weeks before a hackathon, we try and bring all the participants together for that kind of briefing to explain what is a hackathon design thinking pitch. But we appreciated that we didn't have that luxury so that we chose to do that by video, which appears to have worked quite well. And I think probably the other one was the, of mentors. So there wasn't the option of having necessarily all local mentors and flying people in. So actually we use Zoom and that's proved very effective and the teams have reached out to mentors through Zoom. And we know that teams that make the most use of mentors tend to be the most successful. As you just heard, people from all around the world came to Stockholm to participate in this event with their suitcases full of ideas and motivation to work hard over a weekend and develop needed digital prototypes that could help the antimicrobial resistance problem. The first step for the hackathon was actually to build the teams, as some of the participants came with ideas, but others didn't. So the first day, we heard a lot of short pitches of those ideas. And after that, the different participants built seven groups working on those projects. 
During the next days, these teams would work hard to develop those ideas and prepare prototypes of those digital solutions that they had in mind. To help on this process, the teams had nearly constant access to mentors. These are professionals in different areas that could actually guide them through their thoughts and the work. Two of these mentors were Dr. Eric Brown, professor from McMaster University in Canada, whose work focuses on finding new antibacterial compounds, and Dr. Till Backman from Edinburgh Medical School, who is experienced in working with innovation around new diagnostics. We were able to catch them during the second day of the hackathon and get their impressions about the event, teams and challenges. Let's hear what they have to say. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a mix of ideas and approaches. I mean, there are some who've come really prepared to get to work. They have firm ideas about what they want to work on. And there are other groups that are really shooting from the hip and just have wild ideas and have just kind of arrived and I think are trying to, uh, you know, take some advice maybe from the speakers as well. So it's a real mix of those who've come, you know, really prepared and I think those who are prepared to just kind of act in the moment. Maybe what I didn't expect is there would be so many folks here with content expertise, you know, outside of computation. So we have people coming from all walks, including the clinic. We have engineers and, of course, developers. But, yeah, it's a really interdisciplinary group that I think is going to make for some really interesting ideas. I had chance to speak to most of the groups already in detail and heard about their ideas and it's really fantastic how people from different backgrounds, different nationalities, different origins and different countries and coming up with with ideas which are coming together on a digital solution for AMR. So I think for, for the hackathon itself, because it's on AMR, the interesting part is, is that most of people come up with some what we would call wet lab solutions. So they work on something where they deal with bacteria hands-on, or so with drugs hands-on, with prescriptions hands-on, and then the digital solution is uh, somehow developed on top. Now, this was yesterday evening, this morning. Now, as I talk to people, things have turned around a bit, and we're talking much more about the digital solutions. I'm really pleased. The process itself of bringing people together from different backgrounds, focusing them on a topic and then starting to create solutions for that is really challenging. So they have extremely short time to develop something, but it's always surprising how quickly people come up with ideas and then formulate them into something which is potentially implementable. Another AMR professional that spent the weekend with the teams as a mentor was actually one of our principal investigators here at UAC, Darmet Hughes, who has been working extensively researching the development of resistance, but also has worked in big collaborative projects looking for new antibiotics. After getting to talk to the teams, here is him talking about what he thinks are some of their challenges. There's such a variety of hacks that different groups are trying to do. Some are addressing economic issues, some are addressing communication issues, some are addressing educational issues. And so they're coming in with different expertise and I think they're formulating their questions based on their own backgrounds. And then depending on the question they've chosen, if they've chosen it very carefully, they maybe need very little additional input, maybe just some fact-checking with some of the mentors to see if there's any serious flaw in what they've thought about. But then we've had one or two groups that have kind of formulated questions on the fly. 
something they just thought was interesting. And I think those groups have needed quite a lot of input because, you know, you come up with a question on the fly, maybe it really has a serious flaw, they try to adapt it, there's more flaws, and, you know, and so this is a maybe a, a good learning process for them. Whether the final hack will turn out well, I don't know. But I think for them, it's maybe a very useful process just to go through this back and forth question and answer type of discussion. Otherwise, I think a major thing was probably all of the ones I've interacted with is they've been maybe too ambitious. And so one of the things various mentors have been getting across to them is the need to focus and maybe to narrow down and focus on a solvable problem which maybe ultimately could be broadened and generalized but to try to show that one particular thing can be developed out of this in you know a weekend is a very short period of time. So what were these teams working on? We thought that it would be very interesting and perhaps also serve as a bit of training from the teams to talk to us during the hackathon weekend and explain their projects in a short and concise way. We had one person from each team explaining what they were working on during the hackathon and telling us some of their personal insights. Let's see what the AMR predictor team was working on. Hi, I'm Marcin. I'm working with my team on a method of prescribing antibiotics smartly by using artificial neural networks, uh, which will analyze the DNA of a bacteria and determine whether it's resistant to any antibiotics currently known. So you were one of the people that decided in the night of uh, pitching the initial ideas. You came here with no idea and then you said like, okay, I have something, let's talk about it. This is different than the idea you're doing now. But what motivated you to just say like, yeah, let's go and talk about this or say this or maybe try this idea? Well, I thought... uh, Based on Dr. Eric Brown's presentation that we need certain, some sort of new antibiotics and that no new antibiotics were being developed over the past well, maybe 25 years, I thought it might be prudent to try a new technology like CRISPR-Cas9 to deal with the antibiotic problem. However, I was informed later that that idea was not digital enough mm-hmm. and it wasn't appropriate for the hackathon, so we switched over to the artificial neural network idea. Uh, What kind of backgrounds do the people in your team have? What kind of uh, team do you work on? So we have a guy who is uh, from Japan who is an entomologist, so he deals with insects, and he actually works with CRISPR-Cas9 on mosquitoes to make them not carry malaria. Uh, We have a girl, she works in the NHS, and she works as a public health analyst. We have a recent graduate of business uh, with biology, and another Spanish guy who is also a recent graduate of that program. So what uh, have been the most difficult parts from you know coming up with a new idea and work on it up to now that you have to prepare a pitch for the judges to decide is your idea feasible, is something that the world needs basically? I think the biggest challenge was actually getting a data set that would be big enough to train artificial intelligence networks to perform inference accurately. So we got a data set from the CARD, CARD data set from the people from Canada who are actually here from McMaster University. And, and we looked at protein sequences and looked at what antibiotics each protein is resistant to. Mm-hmm. But the data set only contained about 1,600 entries and there were eight different antibiotics listed there. There's 1,800 entries. Each entry has a list following it 
of which antibiotics it's resistant to. So entry one will be resistant to antibiotic one, three, and five. Entry two will be resistant to one and two. But for example, only two entries are resistant to antibiotic four. So you can't really train a neural network to recognize that because it's too few training sa samples, right? You need thousands of training samples per category, and we didn't have that when you have too many categories. So that was a big challenge, and it didn't end up working. The error uh, we ended up with was 7,000%. Yeah, so uh, I can see that how it will be solved as we get more data with yeah. more resistant strains and for more antibiotics. So that's the idea of machine learning, that the more input you give, then the more accurate the, the system will be. Well, thank you so much and very good luck for later. Okay, thank you. Now we have the evolving threat detector team. Uh, my name is Amhalan Rampeña, but you can call me Amos from McMaster University. And I work on uh, the CAD database, which is a database for uh, AMI genes and bacteria. Uh, so for this hackathon, uh, we, uh, we have a project for doing a tool to assess the evolving threat in bacteria. So uh, basically for our project, we want to be able to, uh, when somebody submitted an isolate, they can get a comprehensive report if the AMI gene has been found in that particular bacterium or it has been found in a plasmid or it has been found in, uh, in another place uh, that has been found in, in where the isolate has been uh, processed. Is this idea something you maybe had in mind before the hackathon even existed or is it something that you came out with it when you said, oh, maybe let's think what we can do with this hackathon? This is the area of uh, our research that people have found the need for it because uh, currently we uh, just produce a report and uh, people have to go to do uh, more analysis to make uh, sense of that results. So this is one step for them to have a more comprehensive report from the submitted isolate. So this is something that you've seen people using already the database would really need and have a use for already from the get-go? Uh, yes. What kind of disciplines do you have in your team? So for me, my background is in computer engineering and I'm learning to uh, be a bioinformatician. And we have one other fellow, uh, Dr. Finley. He has a background in microbiology and uh, he has so many other projects, mm -hmm. uh, not just necessarily on bacteria. And uh, we have uh, one other lady, she's uh, working uh, in veterinary. And then there's one other lady who's, who had experience in uh, working with clinicians. So she's helping us uh, translate the uh, bioinformatics raw data to clinicians kind of context. Yeah, so people that will de develop the solution and also people that might be the end user of the solution you are creating as well. So that seems like a pretty uh, mix and good team for this. Any other uh, insights from this weekend? Are you enjoying it? Uh, yes, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm networking with uh, researchers from all over the world. And I think I'll probably attend more hackathons in the future. Thank you so much and good luck for later. Okay, thank you. Let's hear the mission prescription team. My name is uh, David Barber. I'm a family doctor and researcher from uh, Canada. And in our project, we're working on changing how prescriptions uh, are done in the family doctor's office to help improve antibiotic prescribing. So what is the main thing that you're trying to solve? What is the unmet need that you guys are trying to come up? Uh, well, really two things. I mean, w one, we're trying to address uh, the issue of too many prescriptions of antibiotics, you know, are, are done every, all the time in primary care. And the second issue is the inappropriate prescribing of uh, antibiotics, that is prescribing the wrong antibiotic or, or I guess the wrong antibiotic for a certain type of infection. 
So is this an idea that you had before the hackathon or before you knew that a hackathon on Neymar was coming or is it something that you came up with on the fly? Uh, it was more on the fly. We, we came here, you know, it's really kind of a complex idea. We, we came in talking more about uh, surveillance of antimicrobial resistance in the community. I mean, our focus is on community, not so much in, in the hospital or tertiary care. So the idea actually came on the second day. The, we had the surveillance idea and one of the members uh, said that we needed a twist. We needed something that was just a bit more catching. Mm, interesting. What do you think is uh, the part that you've been spending the most time during these days? Uh, I think it's really around developing the idea more than anything else. Uh, we did do, um, there's a fair amount of uh, coding that needed to be done. We're, we've actually created a product, a live product, and we used uh, real data from uh, a system back in, in Canada. So, yeah, we we're just very excited about it. This sounds amazing. Really looking forward to see this and uh, good luck to you all. Great, thanks so much. Next up, the AMR Equip team. Hi, my name is Anatoly Trohemchuk. I came from Saskatchewan, Canada, and I'm really happy to be a part of this experience. Our original uh, tag was sticks and carrots, what is missing from the international or global AMR fighting toolbox. AMR is really complex, and I guess even for scientists, if someone thinks they, they really understand AMR, probably it wasn't explained to them properly. Nevertheless, policymakers. So we really expect people with limited scientific understanding to make decisions on a global scale that will affect a lot of outcomes of AMR fight. So there is a big void and big disconnect. Policymakers are really thriving on numbers, on, on something that they can quantify. So this is exactly what our group is working with. We are trying to put quantitative measures on all the complex relations in the AMR continuum from food production to healthcare to antibiotic production to policymaker to environment. So it's a really, really complicated, sophisticated system. And we are proposing to put it in a model. So multi-method modeling can help us to quantify these relations with big data, with deep learning, with artificial intelligence and crowdsourcing of data. So we are looking forward to the pitch and we are hoping that judges will give us a chance to take it further. So as I understand your project is looking to provide with the right information to the right people. In this case, the policymakers would get the right information about AMR that would make them make decisions. Do you see your product being used directly by the policymakers or there will be some sort of a middleman that would use this? Well, that's the really good question because um, we live in a very dynamic environment. I don't think we need middlemen for many, many different things. And the concept of the model, uh, it needs to be as accurate as possible. So we need to get as good data as possible. So one of the solutions to really get people's input. So we are looking at even the policymakers, there are thousands of them, right? Because uh, there are elected politicians, but actually making things happen, that's the job of these government service policymakers. So we really think what we will do with this model, we will have big questionnaires and you will subscribe. And if you want to get access to the model, you will fill questionnaires. So you will feed the model and then you will be able to access the model, ask your questions and that get your feedback out. So one of the potential options is the Analogic software, and it's a really powerful tool actually employed by AstraZeneca, for example, from pharmaceutical companies, just to have a safe sandbox to do experiments that are not possible in the real world. 
either too risky or too complex. So let's say we have hundreds of different variables and hundreds of different players in the model. What happens if you change inputs on one side of the model? What happens throughout the system? How other parts respond? For example, if you change the price of antibiotic, how it will reflect on healthcare, how it will reflect on consumption and prescription, and how it will reflect on environment and all the other things. What do you think is the most challenging part of getting this running, of making it a reality? Uh, the most challenging part is to get past the judges on, on this hackathon. <laughs> I mean, apart from the hackathon in itself, is it gathering the data? Is it making the model? Is it finding the right expertise for a team to continue developing? What, what do you see are the biggest hurdles? I wouldn't really quantify the hurdles, but I would definitely rank them in, in time. So I think there is a big opportunity because the World Bank has promised to deliver an economic framework for assessment of investments into AMR. And they made this promise in March 2017. They were not able to deliver on that. So we're really talking about the highest level possible of AMR fight. And that's the challenge. So I think first step would be to establish a good advisory board that would represent the stakeholders and that would help us to calibrate our direction in terms of what kind of inputs and outputs and what kind of frameworks, both cost-wise and labor-wise and everything else. Great. Good luck for today. Thank you. And now the waiting room game team. Hi, I'm Oliver. I'm, I'm interested in seeing this idea about a waiting room game. And the idea here is that we have lots of people out there who know about antibiotic resistance, but they don't really know what they can do to help address the problem. And we want to empower them. We want to communicate with them um, different things that they can do in their daily lives. And we came up with this idea of doing it through a game. So what's the basis of this game? How would the people, the end user, access it? And what is the overall goal? So we've called it the waiting room game for the moment. Uh, the idea is that people are sitting in waiting rooms, they've got nothing really to do, they're maybe a bit anxious, they might have heard about antibiotic resistance, but again, they're not really sure what they can do. And there they see a poster on the wall, it's got a QR code, they click on it, and um, suddenly they're in a platform where they're presented with choices in their daily lives about um, things that are good for antibiotics and things that are bad for antibiotics. So if you have like a sick child at home, do you use stored antibiotics or do you ring someone for help, take them to the GP? Those sorts of decisions. How does your team look like? Because while you are one of the biggest teams in this hackathon, so what are the expertises and the people working with you? So we have 10 people on our team. It's a really big team and we're from lots of different backgrounds and um, we've got people in scientific communications, which is really important for this sort of work. And um, then we've got medical doctors, we've got nurses, we've got behavioral experts, people in microbiology, infectious diseases, public health. Yeah, lots of different backgrounds. <laughs> Which I guess is helpful when you want to create something that is for the general public. It's good to have also people that have different expertise or they are uh, used to talk with different people as well. So they might know different audiences in a different way. What has been maybe the hardest part of doing this work and these two days and coming up with the product and coming into now the pitch? I think the hardest part has been that none of us have expertise in gaming. And uh, none of us have um, expertise in 
hacking and development from the IT side. So we've been focused a lot about um, what a solution could look like. We've done a lot of different research in different areas and we've managed to, through the help of a mentor, put together a, a prototype using a very simple platform that could be used. Um, it's been hard also working in such a big group, but it's also been fun because we've been able to break off and really focus on small little parts together. Personally, what are you most excited about this type of event? Why did you decide to join? It sounded like a fun way to spend a weekend meeting people from all over the world who are interested in antibiotic resistance, which I've been interested in for a long time, and coming up with um, innovative ideas that can help. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's hear now the team AntibX, which work on a model to combat AMR using blockchain and cryptocurrency. So I'm Elenian, I'm a part of a three-member team. So our product is AntiBX, and basically we're trying to solve the problem that not a lot of research is done, especially in low-middle-income countries around AMR. So basically we'll be building an app uh, which can be used by experts or healthcare professionals in those low-middle-income countries, and we can give support to improve surveillance in those countries and help them carry out their healthcare practice at a regular basis. So how would you see this app being used by you know, the end user that you have in mind throughout these days to come up with your product? So the app, a healthcare professional can use it either on their phone or their laptop. And basically, it's more of an app that you can get feedback from. So you upload your data and then you get feedback from experts on the quality of your data, how to improve inputting your data in the system. And then you get back results and probable solutions to the problem that you have in your region. So as I understand that this app, this solution would actually connect different people that need answers with the professionals, no matter where they are, that might have those answers. Is that right? Yes, correct. So what we see is AMR is more prevalent in low-middle-income countries, and the research is done in high-middle-income countries. So we try to bridge the gap between these two and communicate, enhance communication between them to come with a solution in a local basis where it's actually needed. So what uh, would you say was the hardest part that your team faced throughout this time now that we're getting to the end of the hackathon and coming out with pitching this to the judges? I really like the idea of the hackathon that it was difficult to come up with the idea that would satisfy all of the people because you actually make something that needs to be pitched to different people from different backgrounds. So you need to satisfy people from the business side, from the actual science background side of your product and to make it look nice, basically good marketing. So I think merging all those things together was the most difficult thing for our team. How does your team look like? What kind of uh, expertise do you have? So I'm basically a researcher and our team is composed of a, a designer and also an a, epidemiologist. So we merged all the knowledge we had together to come up with this project. And what are your personal feelings about this hackathon? Are you having a good time? Yes, so it's, it has been really fun meeting people from all around the world. I understand that people spend a lot of time preparing this and flying even from the US to come here. So it was a really amazing experience for me collaborating with people from all around the world, but also from different professionals, different 
job roles. So it was really nice as well. Yeah. Great. Well, a lot of luck, and uh, we'll see where where your prototype goes. Thank you very much. Thank you. And as a final one, here we have the MediRest team. Hey guys, I'm Shailesh Galapati. I'm a recent graduate from Uppsala University. I just finished my studies in industrial management and innovation. And I'm working on a project with my team on restructuring the supply chain of antibiotics, where we can collaborate with different stakeholders in the antibiotic supply chain to get better access to real-time information flow data. Why is this an unmet need? Why is this important and why should we be working in this? Uh, Because uh, I did my thesis work on this topic and we found out that from different stakeholders that they needed an information platform where this data can be exchanged easily and accessed easily. So that's the reason we came here to develop this app or website. What were your motivations when you saw that this hackathon was happening? What brought you here? Uh, For me to choose my thesis, I wanted to do like a social good or a good feeling, good factor feeling for myself to contribute to the society. So maybe I thought if I take part in this hackathon, I could develop this idea into a scalable business or let's see how it goes. How does your team look like? My team consists of one PhD student and two postdocs in bioinformatics and one PhD student from uh, infectious disease department. What kind of uh, product are you actually developing? What are you going to pitch today? Today we'll be pitching a prototype of an app and a website where different stakeholders of the antibiotic supply chain are present and they can easily communicate with each other so that the information of shortages or any such data can be given to the caregivers in the hospital or ward central in Sweden. What are the main challenges you guys have faced over the past two days to get here? It was a tough journey because we had so many ideas to focus, to narrow it down to one idea was a difficult task, but we managed to do it. And also we would have liked some technical expertise from our team, but I think we are doing fine. Good luck and I hope uh, that you really take this idea further because it seems like something that could be really useful. Thank you so much. Pretty interesting stuff, isn't it? It was really amazing actually to be around all weekend and see them working hard, nearly nonstop on their projects and see them around training their pitches for the final stage. At the end of the hackathon, since this is actually a competition, all the teams got to pitch their products and projects for four minutes and having three minutes of Q&A to clarify questions from the judging panel. The judging panel was composed of five people and they had to decide which team presented the more desirable, feasible, viable and impactful solution. The winning team would win a grand prize, which was five to 15 hours of one-to-one close mentorship to make sure that the winning prototype can be taken further and actually become a reality. This prize was courtesy of the companies LeoX, DoubleTerra and HeliApps. Johnny Wolmer from LioX was on site acting as a judge and he told us why his company decided to join. So actually what made us join as a company for this hackathon was the idea of having a mentorship prize instead of a money prize. So we thought this is a really unique idea and that actually made us join and going forward we hope that the winning team of course will further develop the idea and actually stay in touch. It's a quite international, quite big team. So let's hope that they will further pursue their idea. 
Which one was your favorite team? Can you guess who won the hackathon? So actually, the winner was the team Mission Prescription. If you can remember, this team had presented an idea to support doctors in their prescribing behaviors by providing them with a tool to monitor their own prescribing in relation to the rest of the medical community. Of course, the overall goal of this prototype and this solution is to reduce the incorrect use of antibiotics. Here we have the team right after they got to know that they won. Just really ecstatic and, and tired. We're tired. It's been a long, long weekend and, uh, you know, late evenings. And, you know, we worked really hard for this. And so we're just really happy. So what are the steps forward? So now the prize is one-on-one -on -one mentorship, a number of hours, which probably is needed to continue developing this. Where do you see yourself going in the next six to 12 months? So I would think that with the help of the mentors um, and the price, basically the five to 15 hours of help, we would need to identify a region to prototype this. So identify region has strong data, but also has willing participants. And then also get the help of the mentors to really engage the people we want to engage and help us to pull in the, the people we want to pull in for an early stage uh, prototype and feedback. Additionally, the people attending the hackathon also had the possibility to vote online from what we got an additional People Choice winner. This winner was the project The Waiting Room Game, whose goal was to develop an online game to be used in waiting rooms across the health system to teach about resistance. Of course, if you ask me, this was my favorite project, as it was focused on the communication of the issue. That's kind of a soft spot for me. But the competition was really high. All the teams had really interesting and useful ideas. So yeah, this was a tough one. To wrap up this episode about Hacking AMR 2019, we have Edith Brochu from JPI AMR and CIHR as one of the persons that worked the longest and hardest to make this event happen. Here we have her talking to us right before closing the event. It was a very interesting start of event of planning this event and it came from an idea of our scientific advisory board. And this was an idea from them, and we decided to go ahead and try it. It was innovative, it was courageous of us, because it was never done before by JPIMR. We are used to do scientific workshops, but not so much to do that kind of event that you don't know the outcome. It's kind of a mysterious end, right? We don't know until we do it. And to plan this, we were happy to have the support of many different uh, member states, as well as travel awards for the participants. Being that this was a first time, it was exciting and nerve-wracking, but I'm happy that uh, the outcome is absolutely fantastic. Seven teams, seven very strong teams that came. Even we had more teams and they merged to even become stronger, which is wonderful. They worked well together. And that is a bit of an amazing miracle because they don't know each other from nowhere. They came and they decided to team up and put their brains together. The other thing I'd like to say is that these ideas will be done under the Virtual Research Institute of JPIMR. And this is important to us to continue to support this and we will commit to find ways to support and continue the development of those ideas and hopefully have something implemented without promises. But still, this is the mandate that we had in doing this hackathon. It's not just about winning and forgetting. It's about winning and building on. I'm really happy that these guys came. I'm, I'm again congratulating the winning team. Is it safe to say that probably there will be a 2.0 hacking AMR? Well, if it's just 
for me, I would say yes, definitely. This was an experience that I want to repeat for sure. And uh, the next one will be even better in terms of organization. But everything came together at the end. So it's wonderful. Having a second one will probably have elements that are more focused. This time we purposely did it very wide as a scope, trying to cover all the uh, priority topics of JPIMR as well as the VRI. So yeah, we were looking into, I'm interested in continuing this because this is how we can grow the Virtual Research Institute and have very concrete outputs. Yeah, that would be so great. So anybody listening out there, just keep an eye. Maybe next year we can have you here. Thank you, Edith. Thank you. All in all, this was a terrific event to be at, work on and bring to you in our AMR studio. I personally want to thank everyone involved in the event and particularly the organizing team with whom I had a blast working together. So thank you, Edith Broshu, Laura Plant, Danielle Vitali, Mizuki Kawasaki, Anders Biers, Nick Piperno and John Gregory. And as a final note, because this is very related to the hackathon, I would like to point out that JPAMR is opening a new network call for implementation of ideas under the JPIAMR VRI and is focused on bringing things to implementation just as the hackathon was. So anybody that is interested in building a network around AMR, please check it out. The call will open on 10th of February, but you can check out all the details in the link that is in the show notes. I hope you all have enjoyed this chronicle of Hacking AMR 2019, and I surely hope that there will be a 2020 edition. Next month, we will be back with our normal kind of episodes with an in-depth interview and a new sections. Thank you for listening. For more information about the Uppsala Antibiotic Center, please visit our website. You can find a link in the episode notes. You can also follow us in Twitter. Our handle is UAC underscore UU. This episode was brought to you by the AMR Studios, composed by Eva Garmendia, Jenny Jackman, and Po Chen Tang. And a big thank you to Henrik Nis for letting us use his song, Sound the Alarm. <laughs>